following program is produced by the Align in the Sound team. If you like what you hear, please stick around at the end of the show. To find out more, contact us and contribute towards a positive future. There's some people here who have been here over the weekend who are actually there at the beginning. If you um, meet them, congratulate them because it was their brave and um, very important step that saw the Human Valley Environment Centre open. Now, it's actually been exhilarating, it's been challenging. Uh, there's obviously been the trauma and the tragedy that we've got carried with us through those 10 years. We've had an apple thrown through the window, of course. Uh, we've had eggs thrown at our window. Um, we had closing down written on the front of our window many years ago. It wasn't a story that we told Australian Ethical Investments, but we painted closing down on the front because we had no more money left in the bank. And we got a phone call from Australian Ethical Investments that they had $3,000 grant for us. And we said, wow, that's great, thanks. So we quickly scrubbed it off the window and stayed alive. And I think that that's something that's a really important story is that, you know, we go from absolutely nothing in the bank to having thousands in the bank, but we also always spend it on very fruitful things such as sending people up trees and also con constantly uh, agitating the forest industry here in Tasmania that is dismal and is embarrassing and is shameful. And we have now stepped up to take on Tar Anne and we will take them on and we will move them on. They don't belong here in Tasmania and they don't belong in Sarawak. And it's something that we have committed to do as a community group in the Huon Valley Environment Centre. There's children here who have been there all the way along. There's children here who are nine and ten who were there at the very beginning of the Huon Valley Environment Centre. And there's children who have obviously uh, been conceived at events from the Huon Valley Environment Centre. There's um, Weld Valley babies here and um, we must actually take the time to actually really regard those highly because they are the inspiration. There's some very funny stories of poos in cupboards, dirty nappies, children who loved tipping smoothies all over the carpet at the Huon Valley Environment Centre. There's been some very embarrassing moments for the children. And to see those people also who don't have children who are inspired to work as a family. And that's what the Huon Valley Environment Centre team is. We're actually a really strong team of hardcore crew and we're always looking for you guys to join us. We've got a lot of people here today who are, who are our current volunteers and current activists, and it's just been so special to be able to get together. I too, like the blue mosquitoes, will thank the river and thank this beautiful place for having us. It's been 10 years and we want to be here for many, many more. We've survived closing down signs. We've been served writs, which is another great story where Lou Geraghty had the cafe out the front of the Huon Valley Environment Centre and she was like, had this full almost blockade to the guy that was trying to serve the Guns 20 writ. And she's like telling him, nah, you're not welcome in here. You're not serving that writ on these guys. They eventually did serve the writ on us, but we didn't back down and we beat them. And Guns gave us $15,000. And we certainly did spend that $15,000 on some great actions against guns. So thanks, guns. It was great. So when we have the uh, Liberal Party and we have all those opposition forces that are trying to tell us that we're actually funded by people like the Wilderness Society and funded by people like Bob Brown, actually, it's guns that gave us $15,000 and that's been our largest donation of ever time. So that's a great thing. And so there's just a couple of formal things too, is that we are activists and we do take action and we want you to join us on our actions.
because we are agitating and we are pressuring and we are saying no to Tar Ann and we are saying no to the ongoing logging that is happening in Tasmania's forests for this Malaysian company who are corrupt, who are involved in very corrupt and human rights abuses in Sarawak and we need to give the, as much agitation to that company as possible. And so for marking the 10 years, we wouldn't have asked anyone and there's no one else in the world who would be better to uh, mark that momentous occasion with us than the most formidable defender of the earth that the Tasmania has. And he always has Hewan at his heart. He's always working with the Hewan in his heart. And to be able to see him on TV and see him in action and to actually consider that the Hewan Valley is actually part of that man's inspiration is something really special. And I was just asked last week in a derogatory way on ABC Radio, well, doesn't Senator Bob Brown run your environment centre? And I was proud to say, we are so proud of that man. He's an amazing Tasmanian. And, you know, how dare people out there think that we shouldn't be actually working very closely with Senator Bob Brown because we are gifted to have such an amazing senator and someone who is standing up for the forest like him. And so here he is, and I'd like to introduce the artist, the activist, the amazing senator and the supporter of Human Valley Environment Centre, Senator Bob Brown. Oh, well, thanks, Jenny. Um, let me begin by um, saying fantastic 10 years. Uh, all the people that Jenny's mentioned, but not least uh, Jenny herself. Every time I hear you on the radio, I just feel great. And uh, you, you represent, to me, the spirit of humanity that will have this planet prevail. It's not there in Erica Betts. It's not there in uh, Julia Gillard, it's, it's not there in Tony Abbott uh, or so many other people I run into in the Senate. Very different to being here to being in the Senate, all these smiles around the place. Uh, but it is here and it's, it's here by the Russell River. It's here at this 10th anniversary. It's here with the music under these trees is that spirit which is so important. And, as a, and with that spirit comes optimism and defiance and caring. These qualities which are central to we human beings understanding who we are. We're a leaf in the stream. We're there one day, we're gone the next and there's not others coming down out of the forest all the time. We're in a life exchange system which has gone on for millions, far further than we can imagine and we just happen to be the happy components of it right here at the moment. And our job is to make sure, I think, that there's plenty of room for our fellow creatures on this planet and that there's plenty of joy for our children and our children's children and people 50,000 years from now on this planet because we leave it the better, not the worse, for being here. But we're in the greatest period of destruction in all of human history. And as you know, not since that big meteor slammed into the Yucatan peninsula in Mexico 65 million years ago, setting up a nuclear winter and almost everything, uh, including all of the dinosaurs went to extinction, has there been such a destruction of the fabric of the land, the air, the water, the biosphere, the biodiversity, the creatures, all of them on this planet. But the difference is this time we know the cause. It's us. And this time, we know the single cure, and it's us. And it's got to be changed here and in here, 
It can't be changed simply by us altering what we're doing with the same trajectory. So there's, there's millions of people in shopping centres around the country uh, right now whose biggest joy will be there on a Saturday and they don't know what they're missing. And there's a lot of uh, political commentary about uh, which person is getting the better of which other person, who's being sidelined and who's going to be the future leader and who's going to lose the leadership, all of which is irrelevant. Because the important thing for us, and, and this is central to the functioning of this brilliant Hewan Valley Environment Centre, this, this little centre of caring, defiance and optimism is the need for us to come to grips with ourselves and to become part of a, a, cha a change of thinking of the whole of the world. At the moment, materialism is the religion and materialism is increasingly destructive. And we all know that just, well, if we take, there was 2.5 billion people on this planet when I was born, there's now 7 billion. It's tripled while this one human, while this one big mammal has been young, growing to maturity and then getting older and hopefully a little wiser along the way. And there'll be 10 billion by the time the little ones here are my age. And if everybody on the planet wants to consume like we average Australians do, we need two to three more planets. And they're not there. And they won't be there. And so the great professor who came up with others, the, the idea of Gaia, this planet adjusting itself, predicts that at the end of this century, the global population may have changed dramatically to one billion people. And you have to fill in that space and recognise, with all the technology we have, what we're ultimately going to do to ourselves if we don't turn ourselves around. And the spirit of the turnaround is here and is in the Huon Valley Environment Centre. And that's why I take a lot more joy out of and notice of what's happening in the Huon Valley Environment Centre than I do from the Centre of Independent Studies or the Evert Foundation or the OECD because what they're talking about is promoting a paradigm that is going to be self, that is self-destructive. What we're talking about is a paradigm that is everlasting life on this planet. Who knows, we might go out to explore untold things. I'm told from studies in the Tassie Uni as well as others recently that there's one trillion stars in just this galaxy, the Milky Way before we go to billions of other galaxies. Don't worry if you can't imagine all that, I can't. And each of those stars on average has more than one planet. And the planets out there are dead set somewhere to have life on them. The business is why isn't the intergalactic phone ringing to communicate with us? Well, it might be that when life gets to this stage, it does what we're doing, it goes shopping and destroys the planet instead of coming to a recognition, isn't this fantastic? How do we keep it going? And maybe it'll be on this one planet that we'll get the formula right about how to keep it going. And I think that formula isn't at Liberal Party headquarters or Labor Party headquarters. It's in the Huon Valley Environment Centre. That's where we need to learn from. Jenny mentioned Tar Ann. The guy who heads that up is a man called Mohammed Sapawi. 
Now, with Adam's help, we got out Claire Rucastle, a British journalist who grew up in Sarawak, and she runs Radio Free Sarawak. And in my uh, recent years, it's the only press conference that all the media in Tasmania came to, but because she said this company is corrupt, nothing was covered, nothing at all. It was incredible. But we had an ad in the paper showing a Penan man watching a log truck going past and an orangutan, the orange people, our relatives, who have been driven to extinction by logging in Sarawak. And Tar Ann from Sarawak complained about the ad because it wasn't on their land that this particular indigenous person and this particular fellow cousin of the human species was pictured. And so they ran the letter criticising us, but they didn't run the story of the journalist who'd come from the other side of the world to fill in some of the fact base, facts base about Tar Ann. Tar Ann's head's cousin is the chief minister, the premier, if you like, of the state of Sarawak in Malaysia. He's been the only one in the last 20 or 30 years. He's been there ever since he came out of a university uh, in Australia, more or less, and he's one of the richest people in the world. Now, how did he get that money? He didn't inherit it. Well, forests have been clobbered all over Sarawak and handed out to family members, and a huge income's come out of that. You know about the palm oil industry. But the rights of the indigenous people, the rights of all those creatures in the forest. I know I went up the Barham River to visit some of them, got hunted out by the local um, police officer, and next morning woke up in this little cement establishment and outside were a lot of tribes people and they'd come down river overnight and said, we wished you'd been there when he did that. We'd have showed him a thing or two. They, want, they wanted help because their river was running muddy. It had always been clear from the logging and they were losing their supermarket, which was the forest. And this uh, fellow whose head is reputed to have said about rainforests, people concerned about rainforests, rainforests, says the Premier, the sooner they're gone, the better, because the rain interrupts my golf. Uh, that's the sort of hubris that we used to get from the logging supremos here in Tasmania. And so the federal gov government gave this outfit 10 million, this multi-billion dollar outfit, Tar Ann, 10 million dollars to come here to Tasmania. And the state government put in 22, which can't fund hospitals and schools, put in 22 million dollars for Tar Ann to have as premises to work on. And Tar Ann is processing the wild forests from up in this valley in the Sticks and the Florentine and down further south and is under a contract for 265 metric tonnes of timber out of these forests through to 2027 and they're trying to make that 2042. And I've spoken to Julia Gillard about this. And um, they signed an agreement August 7th last which, in, which involves commitment to that logging quota for Tar Ann from Sarawak, but the other side of the agreement was that 430,000 hectares of high conservation value forests, including the world and the sticks and the Florentine, would be protected. The Prime Minister signed off on that and protected immediately. No more log trucks in there. 
Prime Minister signed off on that. Premier Lara Gidding signed off on that. Well, guess what? The money is flowing to the logging industry, no doubt, to Tar Ann and certainly to Forestry Tasmania included, but they've kept logging. And so far they've logged 10 square kilometres of these high conservation value forests after the Prime Minister and Premier said it would stop immediately that day. And if they had to go in to these high conservation value forests, the Commonwealth, if they didn't have enough wood to make commitments, the Commonwealth would give money to the company involved to keep them out of there. Well, they're in there. And so Miranda is up in her tree, 60 metres high, over there at the head of the Tyana Valley under Mount Mueller, next to the sticks. And she's there morning, noon and night. And she's doing what the Prime Minister won't do. She's keeping her word in the absence of the Prime Minister and the Premier's word that that tree, that coop, that forest that Miranda's sitting in today would be protected as of August the 7th last year. And so I said to the Prime Minister, on December the 9th, we went to the lodge for a cup of tea, or I went to the lodge for a cup of tea, and I guess there was going to be a Christmas tipple with it. You've got to keep your word. You've got to stop that logging. You signed off on it. I didn't. You did. And she said, well, there's new information in. They found they've got to keep logging. Lara said so. I said, you're the Prime Minister. If there's new information, share it with us. And anyway, there's clause 27, which says you'd pay the logging companies to stay out of there if they did need to go in there. So I'm not going to have a cup of tea anymore. <laughs> now, that's been big news around Australia. Not having a cup of... Flattening square kilometres of forest is no news, but not having a cup of tea, headlines. <laughs> that's, the world. that's the world that we live on. Julia's fine. She just needs to do one thing. Accept Miranda's invitation to go and have a cup of tea 60 metres up on that platform. She'll find out what she's missing. She'll see life from a different perspective. And by the way, we'll be sitting on one of the largest living creatures ever on the face of this planet, which pumps water up those trees to as high as 100 metres and we still don't physically know how they do it. I got invited to sit in one just 43 metres up, up in the Huon Valley here, a few years back. My knees knocked and my teeth shook and uh, I was hanging, they had a swing under the bum, you know, and a, and a rope and they pull you up and it is up 20, 30 storeys. It's like going up the outside of a building and you're looking down and uh, feeling in nervous collapse. Internal hemorrhage was what was happening to me. They're very relaxed, these people. But you also get the feeling of how it is to be an eagle. And standing on the platform, having a cup of tea, something went chonk. And I looked around, because there's this giant tree behind. We're right up to Bilio in the branches. And this thing goes chonk. And I said, what was that? And behind my head was a little hole. Not in my head, but in the tree. And there was a pardalote nesting in it. And it was going chunk in there to feed its young ones and chunk back out. And here's all these human beings around, very careful of it, 
And when they knock those trees down, they don't know that. Who ever heard of a logger stopping for a pardalo? Who ever saw a forestry Tasmania environmental assessment of the next coop they're logging that says pardalotes up in these trees? Let alone swift parrots that are down to a, a thousand breeding pairs and heading south because they're logging the nesting sites for them. They've got nowhere else to go. Or these wedge-tailed eagles. Now, I'm, I'm stretching one and a half metres. The largest of these eagles was measured at 2.99 metres, double what I'm spreading at the moment. These are one of the six largest raptors, largest eagles on the face of the planet. And they're having the trees logged from under them. And so much more in the ground, in the, in the understory, under the ground. Magnificent communities that over time that we can't imagine have all come to play a part in what is the magic of forests. And if we can't care about that, surely we can care about our own hearts. Because we were cradled in wildness on this planet. And we have a bond for nature. Everybody loves flowers and window boxes and pictures on TV of nature. You can't explain why, because it's just part of our spirit. It's part of our own soul. And in so far as we destroy what's left of the wild planet, we're destroying an avenue for refreshment of our own soul. And they can't put a price on it. So in an age of materialism, they discount it to nothing. But we don't. And that's why it's great to be here today. And that's why it's great to be celebrating 10 years of folk who have had it tough, who don't have much money, who have a much richer purse resource than money, which is their spirit, their love of the forest, their love of the planet, their ability to keep going when nastiness happens and people oppress them, threaten them, with, if not jail, their money, their houses, their well-being, tie, tie them up in knots with slap rets and bring in repeatedly new laws a la the logging industry to make it more and more difficult to practice peaceful protest in defence of our forests in a democracy where peaceful protest should be a central right of every human being, not least to defend the living planet itself. So, Hugh and Valley Environment Centre, I think of you up in the Senate. I think of you when I'm going through the air counting how much carbon dioxide might be going out the back. But most of all, I think of you when I'm looking down on this planet from up there at what looks like a patchwork of destruction. Well, it is a patchwork of destruction of the forests in Tasmania, in Victoria, in southeast New South Wales, and uh, where else we go to in the planet. You give me caring, you show that. You give me optimism, all of you at the Huon Valley Environment Centre. Maybe best of all, you show defiance. It's a defiance that comes out of love of the planet. You're just wonderful people. You're just real human beings, not yet, and not ever cut off from this one little biosphere in the whole of the cosmos, which is everything to us, and without which we are nothing. And most of all, you are gifting those who come after us who are going to badly want to be able to reconnect 
with the fantastic wildness that there is in Tasmania, not least these forests. So hats off to you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for the joy and the inspiriting you've given to me. And I hope the next 10 years will take us through this time of trouble on forests to, to, to a time when we can look back, as with the Franklin River, as with whaling, as with women having the right to vote, to the travails that are going on now, but to that success which is coming down the line. When I see Julia Gillard next, I'll tell her about having been out here. I'll, I'll invite her again on behalf of Miranda to come and visit the tree. But I will tell her this, coming out of this Huon Valley, until these great wild forests are protected, we will, in the words of the Dalai Lama, never, ever, ever, ever give up. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen. You have been listening to an episode of A Line in the Sound, the podcast made by Co-ops, Commons and Communities Canberra, Co-Canberra for short, the New Economy Network of Australia, or NINA, and Radio Behind the Lines from Community Radio 2XX 98.3 FM in Canberra, Australia. Co-Canberra is working towards a cooperative Commonwealth. Our work builds strong communities, extensive commons, and a network of climate cooperatives. The New Economy Network of Australia is a network of individuals and organisations working to transform Australia's economic system so that achieving ecological health and social justice are the foundational principles and the primary objectives of the economic system. Behind the Lines has been running for well over 30 years on Canberra's oldest community radio station, 2XX. We do extended interviews with anyone who's trying to make the world a better place. All three are volunteer-run, so if you like what you heard on this episode, join us and become the media. To join up with the New Economy Network of Australia, sign up at neweconomy.org.au. To help out with Behind the Lines, or to help our editing team finish off a mountain of good Australian New Economy info, which includes editing training, contact us at behindthelines98.3 at gmail.com and see 2XXFM.org.au where you can subscribe, donate and volunteer to Australia's only alternative voice, Community Radio. If you're not in Canberra, there's definitely one near you. To help out with CoCanberra, contact us at info at cocanberra.org.au That's C-O-C-A-N-B-E-R-R-A.org.au or come along to our monthly meetups, which we share with Nina Canberra Regional Hub, where we explore any and all aspects of the new economy. Find out what we're up to at cocanberra.org.au. And finally, if you want to help fund me, Scotty, to go full-time with this and lots of other related work, look up LiberaPay, L-I-B-E-R-A-P-A-Y, and search for Community Supported Scotty. From there, you can find out about all my other projects and donate to help create a new appropriate economy. Thanks.